precious, Father, and holy, and powerful. Father, it's been granted to the church. Father, it's great in and of itself, Father, but it's so much greater because we can use it. We have access to it. So, Father, I thank you that you've assigned the use of the name of Jesus to the church. That all of the authority that the church has, Father, is backed up by the name of Jesus. All of the power of God, Father, backs up the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. And we give you all praise and honor for you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, is the Lord good? Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness, amen. And um, we thank him for all the wonderful things, amen. All the good things that he's done for us. So... um, well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 40 there, and we'll get started there today. So uh, we're starting a new chapter here, chapter 9, and uh, this chapter is called the Song of Resurrection. And um, of course, I think everybody knows that we're using Lillian B. Yeoman's book just as, a, um, as an outline to, to uh, study the Word of God in healing and um, you know, there's still, we've done this now for about a year or so using other, other books or using books to, uh, to kind of as a jumping off place. Uh, and so, you know, we're not really studying the book. We're studying the doctrine that's in the book or the scriptures that they, they use in the, in the area of healing. Um, and that may be a little bit nuanced, you know, but in, in my heart, it's, you know, we're, we're using this book because of an outline uh, because the these authors have been given revelation by the Lord that, you know, we may or may not have. And um, uh, if there are things that the Lord has given to them that we don't know, then we want to add what they know to what we know. Amen. Things about the word of God, experience that I've had to see how the, the power of God works and operates. Because, you know, uh, all the experiences of healing are not covered in the word of God, right? There are things that happen, you know, where people... Uh, back in the day with, uh, at Azusa Street, there were stories where people's arms and legs would grow out that didn't exist. Well, there, there's no, I think there was one, uh, I think uh, uh, Miss Angela Keaton brought out a point that, you know, in the Greek, it kind of implies that maybe there were some limbs missing, but it was never that clear. Uh, but it was clear at Azusa Street. Uh, and so there are experiences that people have had with the area of healing you know, like healing for AIDS, for example. Well, obviously that was never covered in the Gospels because that didn't even exist. What about healing for COVID-19? Is that available to us today? Yes. Well, sure. Was there any examples of that in the, in the Gospels or in the Scriptures anywhere? Well, no. So, you know, reading some of these stories, they do give us some insight in things that, that they have experienced in their life and also what the Lord has showed them about healing. Uh, and so the only requirement we have is that whatever they say, we've got to line it up with the Word of God. Amen. And if they say things, in fact, uh, 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 there's a couple of things in these next couple of chapters there that we may have to make some adjustments about, <laughs> but we're going to follow the word of God. Amen. Uh, and so here uh, in uh, Psalm verse 40, uh, let's start in verse uh, two. Uh, it says, and he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth and even praise unto our God, and many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. And another translation of those two verses says, so he brought me up out of the destroying pit, out of the swampy mire, 
and set upon a cliff my feet, making firm my steps. Then put he into my mouth a new song, praise to our God. Many shall see and revere and shall trust in Yahweh. And so she makes a point about all men have visited this pit. And um, while that may be true, um, I mean, we don't really know. because Have you met everybody in the world? Uh, but saying that all men have visited this pit is probably not unreasonable. Uh, and she said that many are still there. Uh, and I like one thing she said, many who think they're not in a pit are still in total darkness and don't recognize it. So there's a lot of people, and I think that's true, right? There's a lot of people in the pit, and uh, they're like, I'm not in a pit. It's like, oh, you're totally in a pit. I'm not in a pit. You're in a pit, you know? And so you ever known people that are in complete darkness and completely unaware of the goodness of God and, and don't even know that they're completely unaware of that? Uh, well, there's plenty of people like that. Uh, and I don't have a problem with this. Uh, what, uh, uh, I think some people in a church believe that, you know, well, you know, we will all go into the pit. Well, that doesn't necessarily, that's not necessarily true. Uh, because it says he delivered him out of the pit. It doesn't say he put him in the pit, amen. Uh, he delivered him out of the pit. Uh, and so we have to be careful uh, in our doctrine to uh, not take the, the shortcomings of our lives and make that doctrine. And I've had plenty of people imply that, well, if I've had it hard, you will too. Well, if I've been sick, you will be too. You know, if, if, if I get old and decrepit, you will too. Yeah, uh, and, and so a lot of times people will take their circumstances and convert that into doctrine and say that then you'll, you'll have to suffer these same things as well. Uh, and is it true that, that uh, the Lord brought David out of the miry, uh, out of the miry clay and out of the horrible pit? Yeah. It is. Uh, is, that, is it doctrine to say that we will all have to visit the, the, uh, the, the horrible pit and the miry clay? No, it doesn't say that we have to, that, uh, but people do, amen? And sometimes you do. Uh, and you have to, in your own life, uh, determine what was the cause of you visiting that pit, amen? Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, and I think in the area of sickness and disease, there are still plenty of people in the church who, who, are, who have the opinion that God puts the sickness on them uh, in, and puts them in, a, in the, the pit of darkness in order to teach them or to instruct them or to assist in their pious living. Uh, and they, of course, they have no doctrine for it. There's no Bible for it. Uh, there's nothing in here that says what the will of God was, that it was God's will that David was in the, in the pit. Uh, and we know the story of David uh, when Saul was persecuting him. Was that God's will? Well, that wasn't God's will that Saul was persecuting. In fact, uh, long before that persecution started, the Lord had already rejected Saul as king. Remember that? Uh, and then the persecution started. Uh, and the, pers the, the, the rejection occurred in 1 Samuel 15. Well, David didn't even kill Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. Uh, and then after that, you know, David was, was the man with Saul for a long time. And so people started bragging, you know, David has killed his 10,000 and, and uh, Saul has killed his thousands and started making Saul look bad, you know. Well, if, if uh, I was Saul and people started saying that, I'd double up. All right, well, uh, you think I'm killing a thousand? I'm going to go do double up, you know, two thousand. And, you know, then I, I mean, you know, David ain't going to pass me up. But instead of, you know, instead of, you know, being, being encouraged to do better, uh, you know, he said, well, you know, the easiest way to win is to shoot the competition. I mean, that's a way to do it, right? 
Anybody remember the old skating, you know, back in the 80s, the big, was it 80s, you know, the big skating controversy, right, where the one girl, you know, tried to take out the other girl, you know, and, <laughs> well, I mean, that's one way to win the gold is to break the kneecap of the, your competition, right? You know, what's that? Yeah, Nancy Kerrigan and, and uh, 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 Tanya Hardy. Monica has a different, that's a whole different controversy there, right? Uh, but, um, um, I mean, you could just be better, practice more, and try harder, or you could break their kneecap, right? I mean, so which way is the way to go? I don't know, you know, but, uh, um, and so, what's that? They put her in jail? Well, she should have put her in jail, right? Um, she went to the pit, right? But who... But was it, was it God's will for her to go in the pit? Did God want her to go in the pit? No. Was it God's will for, for, for Saul to persecute David? No. He already told. Let's see, if Saul was a real man, when the, when the prophet came and said, you're no longer king, he would have stepped down and take his, take his uh, uh, king retirement and gone up to some comfortable, you know, beachside resort and retired as king and let David be king. But, you know, he couldn't do that. Uh, and so... It was not the will of God that that, that happened. It was the Lord already expressed his will. Uh, so we've just got to be careful. Uh, and, and these things are real. You know, things, these bad things have happened to people. Uh, and, and I don't have a problem with saying these th- bad things happened yesterday. But what I don't want to say is, well, you know, it's all, we're all going to have bad things happen to us. Well, that's not, that's a statement. That, that's a profession, right? That, that is a statement of faith. Uh, and it's a poor statement of faith, right? Uh, that's sort of saying that tomorrow, you know, you just never know. And, and that's not, a, you know, uh, that's not the appropriate way to live by faith. Uh, and so, uh, but, and then she does mention in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, and she says, you know, this verse tells us that the pit will come to all men. Uh, well, in that sense, it is true, right? How many have sinned? All have sinned. And if all have sinned, all will fall into the pit that comes from sin, right? Whatever pit that is, but is that the will of God? No. It's not the will of God. What's the will of God? All men be saved, right? Uh, the, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord or Jesus Christ our Lord. So the will of God is that all men receive the Lord Jesus, right? That's the will of God. That's the expression of his will. Uh, if we choose to live in sin, now, the wages of sin is death. That's true whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, right? Uh, if, you, if you're not a Christian, then clearly the ultimate end of, way, uh, of the sin is that you will spend eternity in the region of the damned. Uh, but even as a Christian, if you choose to live in sin all the time, and some Christians do, right? It, it's, I don't understand it. I, don't, you know, I understand you know, sometimes people make, make mistakes, uh, and that's one thing. But there's people who just they don't care. They want to live like the heathen, right? Act like a heathen and do like the heathens do. Uh, and, you know, all sin has wages associated with it, right? There's a, a spiritual law called sowing and reaping. If you sow sin, then you're going to reap sin, right? If you sow corruption, you're going to reap corruption. Uh, and so, but that's not the Lord doing that, right? That's the result of the sin that you're walking in, amen? Uh, and, uh, and the thing is, you know, it's, to me, it's a really easy, easy thing to figure out. You go back in the Old Testament and you look at the history of the nation of Israel. When they were in the perfect will of God and doing God's will and doing what he wanted to do, how much miry uh, pits, miry clay and and, uh, pits of darkness were they in? They were never in any, right? How many times were they defeated and people died uh, by the sword of the enemy? None, not when they were in the will of God, none, zero, zero times, right? 
How much sickness and disease was among them when they were in God's perfect will? None. So, you know, that alone should just tell us that if we, if we say that the pit, that we all as Christians are going to fall in a pit sometime, there's nothing you can do about it, and that we, you know, as a church, sometime, you know, sometimes you're just going to get sick. Um, that's not what the Word says, right? That's, and so let's follow the Word, amen? These things are real. These things do come to us, right? But the thing we need, instead of focusing on the pit, we need to focus on the fact that the Lord will deliver us from the pit. Amen. And if the wages of sin is death, uh, but, the, but the free gift of God or the gift of God is eternal life, then, then what do we need to focus on? The free gift of God, right? Yeah. Not that, did God put us in the pit? Did God cause us to, to have wages of sin? No, it's not the Lord doing it. That's us doing it, right? Uh, and so let's make sure we keep our doctrine straight, you know, because sometimes uh, chapters like this, they sort of imply, well, you know, you're all going to be in the pit someday. You just wait, you know. Everybody's going to get a pit someday. And uh, that's, not, that's not really true, right? Uh, and so, uh, but uh, have, have we all visited a pit? Probably all of us have visited a pit on occasion, right? Uh, and so, uh, but was that our doing? No, what, what, was the, what was the cause of the pit that David was in, you know, in the, in the sense uh, of the, the times that he was uh, in the, uh, it doesn't say, but the, my impression is he's talking about the years that he was suffered under the, the uh, attempts of Paul, uh, the attempts of Saul against his life. Uh, and that's tough, but that was not the will of God. And, and uh, the will of God was for, was for Saul to leave on his own accord. And of course he didn't do it and he ended up dying on the battlefield, right? And then David uh, rose up to become king after that. Uh, and so, uh, and then of course, uh, anytime you talk about the pit, uh, you've got to talk about Job, right? Because uh, Job and the pit, they, they're, they're, they're bosom buddies, right? Uh, and so, um, so uh, she mentioned that uh, Job 33, 24, that then he is gracious unto him and saith, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Uh, and again, we know, because we, we've talked about it many times around here, who caused Job to go into the pit? Job did, right? Did God do it? Did God want to do it? No. Well, who did it? Job did it, right? And who got themselves out of the pit? Well, Job did. What did he do to get out of the pit? He repented, didn't he, right? But how many chapters did he suffer through? I mean, you know, Job's 42 chapters. It took him 41 chapters to repent. You know, Job could have been three chapters long right? The introduction about who Job was, and then Job gets in the pit in chapter two, and Job repents in chapter three, done book, right? Over, right? But no, right? Four to chapters of, you know, uh, it, I mean, it's just like, oh. do we have to hear his friends talk again? And they just talk, and talk. I mean, do you ever just know people just talk, and I remember just talking to one fella, and every time you talk to him, it's just like, wow, just, you ever talk to people, and they just say nothing? Uh, and, and after a while, I hear it's just blah blah blah. I mean, it's over, same thing over. And, and there's this one fellow I just, got, I just, I got to where I, just, I don't even want to be around him, Lord, just because it just, you just go say hi, and that's the last breath you take. And they just talk, and it's all, oh, all, oh, oh, and they say nothing. I mean, just nothing. And, and you know, it's kind of, that's kind of the whole book of Job is, you know, after Job chapter three, it's just the same guy over and over again telling, you're Job, you're a horrible person, you know, there's all on you, you know. And and at the end, the Lord said. You go make sacrifices then. They're so bad, they need something needs to die for them, right? I mean, it, that, that's how bad his friends were, that something had to get murdered on their behalf, uh, or they were not going to make it. And Job prayed for his friends, and after he prayed for his friends, 
uh, and had made sacrifice for them, then, then they, they were all okay after that, right? And so uh, did Job visit a pit? He did visit a pit, right? Was it the Lord's doing? No. Was it the Lord's will? It wasn't the Lord's will. Uh, and, and it's funny, as soon as Job repents, everything came back. So that should tell you right there, you know, that uh, uh, if you're in a pit, you might want to look around to see, you know, how I got there, right? And that's one of the hardest things for people to, for people to accept is, how did I get here? Um, but, you know, you're never going to grow as a Christian unless you ask that question. If you, if you just, uh, oh, Lord, it's so hard. I've got it so hard. And I've had so many people tell me, oh, I've got it so hard, so hard. And I'm thinking, well, I know your situation. I know you, you shot yourself in the foot. You know, you got, you got, you dug the pit and jumped in the pit yourself. And then, but there's no recognition of that. It's all, oh, it's so hard. My life is so hard. It's so hard. And you, just, you know, you don't want to be unkind, but you just hear blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Skip ahead. You know, I don't, don't drag me through the next 40 chapters of, of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Skip to the end and just repent. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and learn, at least learn from Job. You know, it's, it's, uh, I grew up, you know, I, I have a great advantage of being the youngest of 11 because I got to see 10 people in front of me make a bunch of mistakes. And, I, you know, I took lots of notes. Not, I didn't write them down, but I made notes in my mind. Like, Don't ever do that. Right? <laughs> that will cost you, right? Yeah. That's a mistake, right? I mean, I saw them uh, be alcoholics and do drugs and try to kill themselves and go to jail. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I remember... I remember one time uh, just thinking, you know, I, I used to just uh, sit at the table with my, with my dad and he was there and he would smoke, right? He smoked like, well, I don't know, two, three hundred cigarettes a day, it seemed like. And, uh, and, and, uh, but he, he smoked these Campbell cigarettes, right? And, I, and, and you know, like the high octane. I mean, if you want to die fast, you know, you did, did just smoke Campbell cigarettes. And, uh, and so he, but I'd, I'd, watch, and I'd watch these you know, I'd watch the smoke, you know, and, and it would curl up there and I'd just be fascinated by this smoke, you know. And I noticed his, he, had, he had long fingernails, not super long, you know, like, not like a woman would have, but just longer than I'm comfortable, you know, and have them. but they were all yellow, right? And, and I didn't know until years later that it was because of the tar that, that's in cigarettes, right? Because it's basically just a death stick, right? And you just put death in your, in your lungs there, smoking, burning ash, you know, how is that a good thing, right? And it's amazing to me, it's 2022, people still smoke, right? Like, well, you know, that's literally death in a, in a pack of cigarettes, right? You, you, you smoke, none of my, I don't care if you all smoke, but just, it's death, right? I mean, it literally says on a package, this will kill you. Oh, yeah, I, I love it, though, you know? But anyway, it's not, that's not the point. But, but I do remember thinking as a child, hey, they smell bad, you know? I'm not, not going to do that. I mean, it's burning ash in my lungs, and I just made a note as a child. I'm not going to do that. You know, I have never... Taking even a drag of it's not a single drag. Of, now, I've probably smelled like smoke for the first, you know, 14 years of my life. Everywhere you go, it's like, somebody's smoking, you know? Uh, because, you know, you go into my house and it was a fog, you know, it wasn't the glory of God. It was just, it was camel cigarettes, you know? And, and, um, uh, and so, but I got, to, I got to learn from a lot of people's mistakes, right? And, I, and I, you know, I saw what alcohol did in my family. It's like, well, I why would I do that? That's not dumb, right? I mean, you get drunk and you fall down, you bust your head open, you know, and you slur your speech, you sound dumb, you know, and, uh, and, and yeah, that's what I want to do. I can't wait to do that. I just, how dumb can we be, right? And it wasn't that I was especially moral or, you know, ethical or anything. It was, I just had a brain. Uh, and, and so, uh, so, so we can learn from other people's mistakes. We can learn, well, you know, when, when I, when I've, 
find out somebody's in a pit, well, how'd they get there? Now, for David, you know, they, he was thrown in a pit, right? And so it wasn't entirely his fault. Uh, he had to suffer under the, under the hand of the, the uh, sin of, of Saul for many years. But uh, for Job, it was 100% self-inflicted, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and I think that they tell us, people who, who uh, study up on those things tell us that Job's experience was about nine months long. Uh, uh, how many people do you know that's been a Job experience for decades, right? It's like, well, you're really slow. I mean, you know, Job got out of it nine months and doubled everything he started with. You're in it for 27 years now, and you ain't ahead at all. And so sometimes we're really, really slow, aren't we, right? Uh, and so, but uh, and really when he was talking about the, the, that uh, he would deliver him from going down to the pit and he found a ransom, that's really prophesying about the Lord Jesus coming because did Jesus go into the pit? He did. Now, did Jesus go into the pit by the will of God? He did, right? But his role was to be a substitutionary sacrifice. So he, he was, in other words, he was supposed to go in place of us because left to our own devices, we would all ultimately up in the, end up in the pit of hell, right? So that's, that's the ultimate end of, of our uh, life of sin, unless we accept the Lord Jesus. And so Jesus came and he, and he, by choice, did that with the whole intention of, well, then we don't have to do that. Amen. If he did it, then you don't have to do that. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so we do thank God for that, right? Uh, but, you know, in the area of sickness and disease, all sickness and disease is a pit. Everyone who's involved in sickness, it's a pit. It's a pit of despair. It's a pit of anger, anguish and pain and and. Uh, monetary difficulties sometimes. I mean, some people's whole life revolves around paying for their medical bills. Uh, and some people's whole life revolves around uh, caring for their medical situation. And that's a pit in and of itself. It's, it's wearying on them, on their lives, you know, and managing all of that and all the doctor's appointments and all the surgeries and all the wound care. And, uh, and that's not to make, that's not, that's not to disparage anybody, but they know that it's, it's all, it can be all consuming. Uh, and I know people who are caretakers of other people in their family. Uh, and um, and it, it's all-consuming, right? They're 20, on 24 hours a day caring for somebody. And, and they would never say it, you know, but in their hearts, they, it's wearying. It's, it's exhausting to do that. And, and so many people that I know that have been in that situation, when that loved one passes and goes on uh, to wherever they're going, hopefully they go on to heaven, a lot of times the people that were doing they don't know how to, they don't know what to do with their lives. They've been consumed by this, this uh, situation. Uh, and, it's, and sometimes it's difficult for them to know, what, the, what, what do I do now? Because all they've done is, all they know is to be a caretaker for someone else. And for the people that they're being caretakers of, they live in that pit of, of sickness and disease for many times, decades. And, and it's a shame. It's, you hate to see uh, all, all life is valuable and all life is precious. And you, you hate to see a life uh, like that being consumed in, in a bit of sickness. Uh, and so, uh, and there's no, no, no disparaging in that. It just, it is what it is, right? It, but it's a pit. It's a pit of despair for, for uh, many people. Uh, and uh, uh, David called it uh, the, the, uh, the destroying pit, right? The, uh, one translation calls it the, the destroying pit. The King James calls it a horrible pit. And it can be, and it is oftentimes, right? But we know, let's turn over to the book of Acts chapter 2 there. In Acts chapter two, so of course, this is this is the uh, um, 
this is talking about what Jesus did after the cross, right? And so they're really quoting from um, uh, the Old Testament, right? In the book of Psalms. But it says here in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, let's read in verse uh, 27. He said, but because thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. So they're talking about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, right? In fact, that he goes on to say, verse 31, that he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. Uh, and so, so it was prophesied uh, back in the Old Testament, Jesus actually did that, and that, but it was prophesied that he, that he will not suffer his Holy One to see corruption, so, and he will not leave his soul in hell. Uh, and, and so uh, in a, another verse, it, it talks about uh, the, the pains of death, right? Uh, and so Jesus did suffer the pains of death, pains of hell, uh, but he's our substitutionary sacrifice, right? We don't have to do that. Uh, and that's the thing that, that if we could appreciate that, all the pain and agony of the world and the suffering of the world, Jesus suffered that on the cross, right? The Bible talks about how that he, that, uh, uh, that he was beat and whipped beyond the recognition of a man. Uh, and that, uh, that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Uh, well, if, if those things are true, and they are, then uh, if, and it says, by his stripes we were healed, so that means that every stripe he took was, was destined and, and intended to replace and pay for whatever sickness and disease we might be experiencing, then we should be glad, not that Jesus did that, but it's done. We should be glad that he, he did that on our behalf and that we don't have to suffer that. Uh, and, and that's where, uh, you know, most people will, will believe that Jesus died for us, right? That he went on the cross, he shed blood for us. And they all know, uh, most of the time they know, that the Lord's not going to ask you to go on, get a cross, right? Go dig a hole, put a cross on it, jump on the cross, you know, have your, have your uh, palms and your feet uh, nailed to the cross. And, and none of us believe that we're called to do that. All of us believe that Jesus did that. And sometimes people don't appreciate that as much as they should. And they'll, well, I made my bed hard, I'll lie in it, you know. And they'll think, well, you know, I'm suffering this because of the sins that I did and uh, and they don't appreciate the work of the Lord Jesus. He, went to, he actually went to hell, right? He died physically on the cross, and his spirit left this earth, went down into the region of the damned, because as far as the devil could tell, the Bible says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin. So he looked like sin. He probably smelled like sin, uh, but he had not committed a sin. Uh, and so although he took all the sins upon him, and, and when he did that, he looked like sin. The devil thought he was sin, so the devil as a criminal agent, took him unjustly into the region of the damned, into the place of hell. Uh, and so, and the problem with that, everybody else he did that was legal. Everybody else was guilty. Everybody else he took into hell was guilty of sin, guilty of infraction, guilty of somehow missing the mark, except for the Lord Jesus, right? And, but so Jesus went in there, uh, and just like during the trial, uh, the, they would accuse Jesus of all manner of evil. What did he say? Many times he didn't, the Bible says he didn't respond at all uh, and they, uh, didn't say anything. And so they assumed that he was guilty. And I can guarantee you in hell, he didn't say anything. He let them do whatever he wanted to because he was going to be our substitution. He was going to take all the pain, agony on our behalf. And, and so for whatever reason, 
the Lord God in heaven, God the Father, had calculated that, that it's going to take three days. Now, see, uh, you'd think three hours would be enough, but it wasn't enough because you're really a sorry person, right? And it took Jesus three days to cover your sins, right? I'm really a sorry individual. Uh, and, and if I had been a mostly okay, you know, maybe three hours or three minutes or three seconds would have been sufficient. But for, for whatever reason, it was three days. I'm glad it wasn't 30 days or 300 days, but it took three days of Jesus' suffering to equal out and balance out whatever the sins that the entire world is going to commit before Jesus was there, while Jesus was there, and after Jesus was there. Whatever, for whatever reason, uh, the great judge of the earth who knows all things could judge it and say, it's going to take three days. Three days of him suffering to cover your sins and cover my sins. And, I, and I'm glad that it didn't take more than that. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so I can guarantee you, Jesus didn't say anything. Because if he'd said anything, they'd have been like, did they just start getting nervous? Mm-hmm. You mean he's here illegally? We brought, we brought the, the Son of Man into here illegally? You know, then they're going to think, well, then somebody's going to come and get him. Well, until the Holy Spirit kicked open the doors... Because the Bible says that the glory of God raised Jesus from the dead. The glory of God is the Holy Spirit, right? Can you imagine that? I, you know, I hope that was recorded. I hope there's a video. You know, we get to heaven. I hope there's YouTube up, YouTube heaven, you know. Uh, and and uh, Lord, uh, play that scene. I want to see that scene. It's dark, painful, pit, miry clay, right? Uh, a horrible pit, like David said, uh, for three days and three nights. Now, I don't want to see all the agony Jesus went through. I have no desire to see that. You know, I want to skip to the end. Fast forward, you know. You get the, you get the movie sometime to do something scary. You just fast forward it, right? Or you turn the volume down, right? And you turn the volume down. It's not scary when the volume's down. But, you know, and I don't like, I don't watch like horror movies or anything like that. But sometimes you're like, boo, you know, and you know it's coming. But you don't know, you know, you don't know when it's coming, right? And so if you just turn the volume down, it's never scary, right? And so anyway, but so uh, that, that's going to happen. Uh, but I want to see... I want to see the moment that the glory of God busts open the gates of hell. I said, I've come to retrieve Jesus. Uh, And on the way out, Jesus says, hang on. And he reaches over there and grabs the keys of hell. Uh, These are mine right now. uh, So I'm taking them. And you think they, you think they uh, tried to stop him? (laughs) No, they didn't try to stop him. You know, I mean, they tried to stop him for three years and they couldn't, you know, and suddenly he, he lets them stop him. It's like, you know, you know, the whole time they're doing that, they're thinking, something's wrong. Something's wrong here, right? We tried to kill him all this time. Nothing happened. You know, what's that? Too easy. It's too easy. Something's, something, there's a trap somehow, right? You know, it's a trap. We don't know how it's a trap because they thought once we got him into hell, you know, before that, they thought, well, okay, but they, they get him into the gates of hell. And, okay, we got him now. Nobody's ever left hell and nobody had ever left hell, right? And then the, the Holy Spirit, you know, he didn't knock. Now, he might have, you know, he, I don't know. I wasn't there, right? But, uh, you know, he could have knocked and just, you know, they're like, who's that, right? <laughs> I don't know what he did. More than likely, he just went, you know, you know, just appeared at the gates of hell and kicked them open and all the lights came on, you know? And, and uh, they're probably like, wow, we really need to dust around here. You know, nobody's, we hadn't seen any daylight here for a long time. There's, we need to do a lot of dusting. But, uh, but uh, he didn't leave his soul in hell, did he? Uh, and so... Uh, and, uh, and it says, uh, back verse 27, because thou will not leave uh, my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Uh, and Dr. Yeoman makes a good point there that, that no one has known the true depths of the pit. 
until Jesus went into it himself. Because anybody who's ever been has never come out, right? So nobody really knows. We got a little bit of a hint uh, there in Luke chapter 16 with the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, but, but nobody had ever gone to the pit, especially to the depths of the pit that Jesus had gone to. Because you know when he went there that they had extra special uh, punishment for him, right? He didn't get the, the mediocre punishment. Uh, he got the, the, the double and triple uh, whopper punishment, right? Uh, and then, of course, then he was relieved from that after three days. And so, um, but uh, uh, then she goes to uh, Romans ten thirteen says, but or for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, and so that's our song, right? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, of course, we know in context that's talking about salvation, but, you know, you can use that in any context, right? You call upon the name of the Lord and, the, uh, and, and you shall be saved. In fact, I think it'd be good just to, just to uh, uh, look it up. Yeah, I, was, I didn't have it on my notes, but I got it in my Bible. What, do you, what word do you reckon that word saved is right there? Sozo, right? Whosoever shall come upon the name of the Lord shall be sozo, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we know sozo is an all-encompassing word, right? It means salvation, deliverance, and healing. Uh, so, so you can use uh, Romans 10, 13, if you're sick, whosoever shall call upon the name shall be healed. If, you're, if you need deliverance, who shall ever call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And you can use it for salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. In, in fact, uh, you know, I, I think I told you the story where uh, I was driving to work one day and um, uh, I was on the interstate and just kind of minding my own business. It was raining, you know, nothing, nothing I don't recall it being especially heavy rain or anything. But all of a sudden, my, my truck was hydroplaning and you know so it gets it gets up on top of water and when it does that it doesn't have there's no traction right so so uh, it starts spinning around on the interstate uh, and I remember looking that there was a transfer truck behind me and uh, uh, in that direction uh, on the uh, far side there was a guardrail you know and then of course to the left was a median uh, and uh, and of course, you're going through all this in your mind, right? Well, I, I can try to head over that way, get away from this uh, transfer truck so he doesn't run over me. But then I'll scratch my car on the on the on the uh, on the guardrail. I don't really want to do that. Uh, and, and so, but it just rose up. I mean, this verse right here, Romans 10:13, rose up in my heart. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I just cried out, Jesus, just like that, is Jesus, uh, uh, because of this verse. So the, so the Holy Spirit prompted me to call upon the name of the Lord, right? Uh, and, and now for a split second, you know, the, 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 uh, the Bible scholar in me is thinking, well, that's not really the appropriate use of that verse. It's intended primarily for salvation. And, but are you going to argue with, with the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, Holy Spirit, you got any other verses? Because that's not really the, the correct per, pro, proper use of that verse, right? Uh, and so you're wrong. Uh, when you, when you, you come back with a very proper verse, no, you don't argue with if he says, call upon the name of the Lord, you call upon the name of Jesus, right? And you cry out Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and you deal with, with, with the, the, the full explanation of the verse later on, right? But really, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that was actually, since the word is sozo, that's a, actually a perfectly good use for that verse, right? Because delivered is one of the uh, definitions of sozo. And I needed to be delivered from that transfer truck behind me. And from that guardrail to my right. And of course, when I did that, then the, the truck lined back up 
got in the right lane and I just went on to work, right? And, and so um, all was well. So, um, so that, that's our verse, right? Uh, who cares about the miry clay and the, and, and the horrible pit that we were in before? If we call upon the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. And so that, that horrible pit can be sickness and disease. That miry clay can be sickness and disease. But if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, right? Saved, uh, healed, and delivered. Those are the three definitions of the word sozo, right? Uh, and so, uh, so that's our part. The thing that we need to be careful of in the church is not relishing in the miry clay, right? Not relishing in the horrible pit. Uh, and, and there is a, uh, a uh, group of people oftentimes in the church. I think it's a minority of, of the people, I, I believe, but there are people who kind of relish in the sickness, right? And it's like a pet, and, and they get some attention, and they get some, uh, some awareness and some, uh, some pity from people because they're involved in a sickness and disease. Uh, and, and now I got no problem with, with you know, hey, uh, what's going on? Well, the doctor said this and this, this, and this is what's going on. You know, I got no problem with, with you telling what's going on in your life. But you should never worship it. You should never elevate it to a, a value at all. There's no value in your sickness and disease. And I, most of you all, and I believe all of you all know that, but, you know, we, and we, but we've all met people who kind of like their attention, right, of the sickness and disease. It's like a little pet, right, like a little, you know, uh, I was going to say it's like a chihuahua, but Miss Patty loves chihuahuas, you know, so <laughs> not a big fan personally, but, you know, she, she loves them. And so, uh, but it's like a pet, right? Whatever it is. So if you don't like cats, then it's a cat, right? If you don't like dogs, then it's a dog, right? Whatever it is. But, uh, but some people treat it like a pet, you know, and, and they don't want to give it up because then what would they talk about, right? Uh, what attention would they get after that? Uh, and so, but, but our cry is that we shall be saved. I will call upon the name of the Lord and I'll be saved from this pit. Whatever this pit is, right? I'll be delivered and, and healed. So uh, that, the nice thing about that verse is it covers all situations in related, related to health, right? Because if you're in a pit uh, that you need deliverance from, then call upon the name of the Lord. If you're in a pit that you need healing from, then call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so let's turn to, to Psalm uh, 126 and see the result of that, right? What's the result of calling upon the name of the Lord? And, of course, this is a good psalm. And it says here that in verse 1, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. And, of course, Zion is a type of the nation of Israel, right? Uh, it's really a name, another name for the, for the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and, and if you look, go and look in the history of, of uh, the nation of Israel, when, were they, when was Zion ever in captivity? Only when they were in sin, right? Uh, I mean, they, uh, so he turned again their captivity. Why? Because they repented. That's how they got out of the captivity, because they repented. Uh, and when the Lord turned again their captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Verse 3 says, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And so are we glad? We are glad, right? And, and, you know, the nice thing about this verse is, if you understand the context of that, all, all of verse 1 was completely self-inflicted, right? The only time that the nation of Israel was ever in captivity was self-inflicted sin. Uh, nobody made them do it. Nobody could attack them. Nobody could beat them unless they decided to follow after strange gods or, or walk away from the Lord. Uh, but 
uh, you know, you go back and uh, the, the nice thing about the book of Judges is it gives us all hope, right? Because mm-hmm. if you go through the book of Judges, uh, uh, you know, they would sin and then, and then the Midianites would come and, and, and invade them for 20 years or 40 years. They'd cry out unto the Lord. He would send a deliver. He would deliver them from the Midianites. All was good for, you know, 20, 30 seconds, you know. And then they would go back to following after the strange gods. And then the, the Amorites would come and, and, and invade them and, and make them slaves. And, uh, and they would do that for 20 or 30 years. And uh, usually it's either 20 years or 40 years. And then they'd cry out to the Lord. He would deliver them. Uh, and that would, again, last for, you know, maybe a whole minute sometimes, right? Maybe two minutes. And they would go back and do the same thing, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Rinse. I mean, it's just like they could have just done the first one and said, now repeat this 20 more times, right? However many judges are in the book of Judges, that's how many times they did that exact same story. Uh, and so, and yet every time, who delivered them? The Lord delivered them. Every time they cried out, the Lord delivered them. Now, you know, people think, well, then that's, that would be a good way to live. Just sin whatever you want to and the Lord will deliver you. Well, I mean, that, uh, that's not really a great plan, right? Because what comes along with, with, sickness, with, with the sin? Sickness and disease and destruction and invasion and, and slavery. And I mean, is that a good plan? How is that a good plan? It's a dumb plan, right? I mean, why would you do that, right? Well, I get to do whatever I want to. Well, you know, you, you, you know it's actually possible to do whatever you want to and be not in sin. Right. You know, if you follow after God, you can do whatever you want to and not be in sin and have joy every day. Mm-hmm. People act like the only way they can do whatever they want to is sin. Mm. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. If you're a child of God, your spirit man only wants to do the will of God. Right. Uh, and so if you would learn to yield to your spirit man every day, you'd only ever do what you wanted to do and still be in the plan of God and still be free from sin, and sickness and disease. Uh, but when people say, I get to do what I want to do, what they're really saying is, I get to do what my flesh wants to do. Now, that's actually correct. Technically, it's correct, right? It's not really correct to say, I get to do what I want to do, because it's not true. You're not doing what your spirit wants to do. You're doing what your flesh wants to do. Uh, and so, it, the, but the nation of Israel, they had a hard time figuring that out. And so, was the Lord merciful? He was merciful. He was good to him, right? And so, your captivity can be turned, right? And when it is, it's just like a dream. You ever been healed of something, pain and agony, and it's all gone? It's like a dream. I never thought this day would come. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. And and so that's good. But then also, then it becomes a testimony. So the testimony is only after the deliverance, right? The testimony is only when it says that that they then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. You know, the heathen was not saying the Lord has done great for them, great things for them when they were in the miry clay right when they are in the horrible pit sometimes in the church we'll say that right well i'm being a testimony to god in your sickness and disease right this is a testimony to god in in what way well i'm being patient right i get the patience of job Mm. praise god job was delivered right out of the miry clay right Uh, 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 out of the out of the horrible pit Uh, and so uh, this this testimony occurred after their deliverance amen and so let's follow the example of the word. Let's get deliverance from the sickness and disease and let's get, he- let's get our healing. And then our mouths will be filled with laughter and then our tongue will be filled with singing. And then the heathen will take notice. The Lord has done great things for them uh, and whereof we are glad. Uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll repeat, the Lord hath done great things for us uh, and we will be glad, amen. Uh, and so, so let's make sure we focus on uh, the, 
uh, God's part of this is, is the deliverance part, right? God's part is not the taking us into the pit part. Uh, every time somebody was in a pit, it's always self-inflicted, right? Uh, and then, or somebody else inflicts it upon them, and then we, do, we need deliverance from them. Uh, but it's never the Lord's doing, right? Uh, except for the one case in all of history where the Lord did that, uh, the Lord Jesus did that on our behalf as a substitutionary sacrifice. Uh, and so uh, can we be glad? Uh, can we be, uh, be a great testimony even to the world, right? Then the heathen uh, will say, you know, when, you, when the world takes notice of your healing, that's a good thing, right? Uh, and I know many times I've heard many great testimonies of people getting healed and, and then even the doctors uh, that take notice, amen? I think even your doctor said something about uh, that you were healed, right? And I have had doctors tell me that I was healed. And, uh, and uh, of course, you had a Christian doctor, right? So, you know, we thank, we thank God for Christian doctors who, who, who will hook up with you, right? Uh, and so, uh, so let, let's, let's allow the Lord to do his part, which is to deliver us out of the pit. And, uh, and then we can be like them that dream. And our mouths can be filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then the heathen will take notice of the goodness of God. And that's really, if you look at the New Testament, the whole intention of the Lord is for us to walk in the supernatural power of God so that the heathen does take notice and they'll be drawn into the goodness of God uh, in the kingdom of God in that way. Amen. Uh, your sickness and disease is not going to cause anybody to follow in your path. Right. Uh, and so and again, we're not trying to disparage people that have sickness and disease because they can be healed from that. Amen. Uh, and so. So there's just a, a few questions uh, today, uh, she starts out with uh, the question of how many people uh, will visit the pit of death? Well, all will, you know, uh, until they change, right? And then once they change, then they don't have to do that. But up to that point in time, all men will have suffered from sin, right? Uh, and then it says in um, question number two, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 13, how many that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved? All, all right. What's that? Yeah, whosoever, right? Uh, and so, and then the last question was, uh, when the Lord turns our captivity around, what will our mouth and our tongue be filled with? Laughter, uh, laughter and singing, right? Uh, what'd you say back here? Praise? Songs of praise, yeah. And so, laughter, singing, and songs of praise, amen? Uh, and that's a result of the Lord delivering us out of that captivity, amen? Uh, and that, that would be okay, Amen. Uh, we can give glory to God uh, after we get we get that uh, get the healing there. So uh, and and so that was a, a pretty short chapter, right? And and then the next chapter, uh, she calls it spring medicine. And um, uh, personally, I've got a big problem with the entire chapter, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> y'all read the chapter yet? Yeah. Uh, and so um, the whole chapter. Uh, in fact, uh, have you got your book with you? Let me see your book there. I want to I want to read. What she said there in that chapter, if I can find it there. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, chapter before that there. So because I think it, it's it's uh, uh, the way she says it there. Right. Uh, and, and look, uh, this is a class on healing. Right. So so we we will confine ourselves to the word of God. Right. And if we so we confine ourselves to the word of God, you know, then, then that that's the point, the purpose of this class. Right. Uh, and so. She said here, uh, it's, it's about the time of the year uh, that grandmother used to give the children all around us around a dose of what she called spring medicine. Now, I didn't grow up like this, and so it'd be interesting to see if any of you all did this. Uh, they'd say, what's it good for, grandmother? 
She said, good for everything. Uh, it cleanses your whole system. It strengthens you. It increases your resistance to disease, prevents sickness from getting hold of you. It's a tonic. Any time I hear the word tonic, you know what I think of? Uh, snake oil, right? That's right. <laughs> it's a tonic. Don't you love these tonics, right? Because I, I know when I did know when I grew up, you know, if I, if I had a sore throat, my mom would go in there and she'd put a lab coat on, you know, and she had little beakers, you know, little smoke coming out of it. And she put like whiskey in it. It always had whiskey, right? Because whiskey cures everything. It had a shot of whiskey, you know, and then, you know, can of Pananatine, you know, it's like the Three Stooges. Remember the Three Stooges? You ever seen those where they did all this, this stuff there? You don't remember that? Oh, wow. You know, the Three Stooges always had to make the great, you know, they'd always make these great tonics, you know. They use like a rubber boot, you know, they'd put a rubber boot in there and uh, it's kind of like the same thing, right? But anyway, uh, and so she's good for everything. It's a tonic that vitalizes you. Uh, and, and makes it a joy to live and work and play. And, she, and they would say, what's in it, grandmother? She said, everything good. Sulfur. You know, sulfur uh, with a little bit of oxygen turns into sulfur dioxide, which is actually an acid, right? Cleansing, sulfur, cleansing, and purging. Chamomile. Uh, what's chamomile? Anybody know what chamomile is? It's a, it's a, it's a flower. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, uh, and, and no doubt, you know, some of these homeopathic things actually do things, right? Uh, clearing your blood and skin, sassafras to stir up your system. I love that, but I love that technical term, stir up your system. What's that even mean, right? Stir up your system. A little salt. It comes from, uh, so they make root beer out of it. Uh, uh, and look. You know, from, from a standpoint of, uh, there's no doubt in my mind at all that there are plenty of, of things like this that do good. Amen. Uh, that, uh, uh, now, I'm not sure she's got dandelions. Uh, anybody ever eaten a dandelion? dandelion uh, the, cleanser. It's a cleanser, right? And so, uh, but it sounds suspicious to me, right? Because dandelions are what you're supposed to, supposed to mow down, right? I know, I'd never make it, right? Uh, because in the Word of God, how many times did the Lord prescribe dandelions for us? Right, so, so we're going to focus on the Word of God, right? Yeah. 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 Well, we've got 82, uh, we've got 82 uh, healing cases in the Bible. How many of them are cured with dandelions, though? It's none, right? So, so that's why we want to focus on the Word of God and faith. Um, I, what's, anybody want to know what burdock is? Yeah, burdock. What's burdock? I don't know. I don't know what these are. It, it grows, it, um, you know, the little burrs you see? Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, and, um, and good old black New Orleans molasses, right? Uh, and so, and of course molasses, right? Uh, and so, uh, dear old grandmother's spring medicine, how bitter it was and how sweet. Anybody remember the, uh, the, the great molasses uh, tragedy from like 1918? Anybody ever heard of that? Uh, and it's got nothing to do with nothing, but uh, in, in the, uh, um, it was like in Boston, right? So up, up north where it's cold. Uh, and, uh, and so, of course, they would make molasses. And molasses, what, what's molasses come from? It's not from a sap of a tree, right? It's from it's, like, like a sugar cane kind of plant. Yeah, and so... Uh, of course, molasses, and of course, molasses is still used for cooking and stuff. You know, you see a lot of different recipes. But uh, so they had this big tank, like million gallon tank of molasses. Right. Uh, and uh, but and normally it was really cold, but it got warm that day. 
and so, of course, molasses, like anything, will expand. Well, it ex expanded in this tank, like a million-gallon tank, right? And, and it busted open. And they had molasses going down the street like 30 miles an hour. Uh, molasses going down the street. This and all these towns where they're close by, right? The, the roads were really small. And dozens of people died. Right? I mean, it would be a horrible death dying from drowning in molasses, right? Uh, and so, but they called it the bittersweet, right? Uh, now, look, this is, this is uh, what's this called? His healing power, right? And we have got 80, 82 examples of healing in the scriptures, and there wasn't a single one with, with molasses, right? Uh, or dandelions or anything else. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, and again, we're going to focus on the word of God, right? It, 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 I am, like I said, I'm com completely convinced that there's plenty of good things out there that the Lord has made in nature that would be assistance to you. Uh, but we're here to talk about faith and elevate faith because that's what the word elevates, right? The word, the, all the healing examples we've got uh, with the, and there's really only two exceptions. One is uh, the figs with Hezekiah and one was a little wine for Timothy, right? But even with Timothy, he wasn't healed. It was just, it was really just uh, to help him out a little bit. Uh, and of course, we do know that Hezekiah was healed. Um, uh, and so, uh, so all of his things here, so, so she's got... Uh, uh, all of these uh, spring, she called the spring medicine. And now I know people used to take, um, uh, was it like cod liver oil? Uh, but there's something else that was some other kind of oil that was, uh, um, uh, it, was well, it wasn't fish oil, uh, but um, uh, I'll think about it here in a minute. Uh, but I mean, I remember a lot, a lot of cod liver oil um, and um, things like that growing up, right? Uh, and so, uh, but in all of us, though, uh, my, my concern with this, with this chapter is she gives no scriptural basis for any of these things, right? She, her whole basis is on what grandmother did. Uh, and she does, she does mention one time about, uh, about, uh, about John, right, uh, where uh, John had to eat the book, uh, you know, in the, in the book of Revelation where he had to eat the book and, and uh, it tasted sweet, but it had bitterness. But it had nothing to do with healing, right? I mean, it, it was a type and a shadow of, of, of what's to happen, right? Or what was to, what was to come, right? Uh, it, it, you know, that context of that was not used at all in relation to healing, right? Is that because uh, it was the end of all time, and that uh, you know it would be nice to get rid of the sin, but there was going to be bitterness in order to do that, right? The Lord's going to have to cleanse the whole world of sin. So, uh, and and that's really more than anything else. It's not about the specifics of of dandelions or anything like that it's that there's no biblical basis that she gives for uh for these for this tonic right uh and i think she mentioned um uh, she remembered uh mentioned esther right uh i think esther if you go back in esther chapter two uh in fact uh, uh well we're about out of time there so but it, uh, and we'll look at it next week to see what it says but but esther had to um when she went into the king, before she went into the king, and this was a pretty detailed uh, situation, uh, all, all of the people in the harem, all the women in the harem, before they went into the king, they had to spend a year. Uh, and they had to take the oil of myrrh and all these perfumes, a year, just to go see the king, right? I mean, that's, that, man, your calendar's booked up if you've got to wait a whole year, right, to go see the king. Uh, uh, and so, what's that? It was beauty treatments, right? Because the intent was, you know, well, you got to be, you know, you got to be something else to come see the king, right? Uh, and, and so, but again, well, that was prescribed by a heathen country, right? And it wasn't the Lord's doing. It was what they required 
uh, of that. Uh, and so, and myrrh apparently is a real bitter, myrrh is real bitter, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's usually, uh, but yeah, oftentimes that, that myrrh is mixed with other sweet perfumes and it, it balances everything out, right? And, and so... Uh, so what is, what is myrrh, though? I mean, is it just a, is it, what's it come from? It used to be really valuable, right? Is it a tree? Yeah, that's right. She does say, I looked it up somewhere, it's a bark of a tree, right? It comes from the bark of a tree. Um, and so, and oftentimes bark is, is, has a bitter, uh, a bitter taste to it there. Uh, and so, so again, you know, my, my concern in this, uh, in this thing is that she's saying that because her grandmother gave her this bitter, uh, sweet stuff, that God gives us bitter things in our lives. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, the quote that she had was that God believes in bitters and prescribes them when we need them. And that's just not true. You know, the Lord, has the Lord prescribed us a bitter life? I mean, he has not prescribed us a bitter life. He's prescribed us a life full of joy. Isn't that what he says, right? The fullness of joy. Uh, but see, a lot of times, even in, the, even in our circles, right, of healing, the people who believe in healing, they will uh, come up with a chapter like this, not a single verse that backs up what anything she says, right? So there's no faith. If there's no verse, that means there's no faith, right? Yep. Because even, even if myrrh helps, uh, and, you know, I mean, from what I know, myrrh can help, you know. I know they use it in, in cosmetics and in facial things like that. But I can't have faith in myrrh because there's no Bible for myrrh. I can have faith in the general sense that it works, right? But I can't, have, I can't apply supernatural faith to myrrh because there's no supernatural promise that the Lord said that, right? That I've given you myrrh for the purpose of healing, right? So, that, so that's the issue, right? Uh, we're here to talk about faith, and, and our faith has to be in only the Word of God. And I, so I got no problem, you know, I mean, things like aspirin has saved the world, right? Penicillin has saved the world. Uh, and penicillin is just mold, right? I mean, it's just, there's nothing uh, all that super uh, impressive about, you know, penicillin, but it saved the world, hadn't it? Uh, and a lot of vi- a lot of uh, vaccines have have been found accidentally and saved the world, right? And and so, and, and all that's well and good, but I, but my faith is never in penicillin. My faith is never in uh, any of those things because if you have no faith in them or you do have faith in them, the stuckers going to do what they're going to do, right? I mean, penicillin will take care of germs and things all by itself, right? You don't even have to. What if you don't believe it? It's still going to do what it's going to do. Amen. So our faith, though needs to be where the Word of God prescribes it. Amen? Amen. So nothing wrong with that. And look, if, if uh, you want to make grandma, grandma's bittersweet, you know, uh, and take it in springtime because it does all these things, I'm a little suspicious of that myself, you know. But, but no doubt some of these things do, do well, right, uh, and, and have some medicinal and homeopathic type of value in your life. But we can't apply faith to it, right? And so that's the, that's the key that we've got to make sure we stay focused on. Uh, and so uh, there's just a couple other things that she said uh, in this chapter that uh, she does eventually get over into the Word of God, uh, which is then helpful there. Um, and so we'll pick that up next week there. Uh, but, it, but I thought it was funny about the whole beginning of that, you know, the stories of that. Because I've, I've had, I mean, like, I don't know that whiskey, I, that shot of whiskey did anything good for me when I was growing up, you know, but I couldn't feel any pain after it, I guess, right? So I guess it did its job, right? And so... Um, so I,
Yeah. Put it in a bowl. Yeah. Put a little water, microwave it, cover it with ceramic, cover yeah. microwave for three minutes and squish the juice out and then strain it. Yeah. Put a few drops in the second beer and it works really well. I, I used it on my son. Yeah. You know, I never took him to the doctor for year. I just, well, I, I told mom I'm going to put, you know, onion juice in it and she, and she took a farm, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, but it did work on her, and so she was thrilled to death. So I see her out there with her onion. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, no doubt there's been plenty of those things that uh, people have figured out over the years, right? Uh, uh, and, and you know, to me, uh, when you look at the, the spectrum of things that the Lord has provided for us, right, the very end of it is perfect faith in the Word of God, right? And then you've got the gifts of the Spirit, and then, then you've got the laying on of hands and anointing with oil. And then down here, you've got non-faith things that do work, right? Uh, you've got doctor's medicine. You've got homeopathic things. And all that's, you know, I believe all that is the mercy of God, right? It doesn't require any faith on that, but it can work and does work, right? And so we thank God for that because it's a mercy, right? It's, it's something that requires no faith to operate in. If it works, it works. Uh, but we want to focus, our goal is to get to this end of the spectrum where we can live 100% by faith uh, and we don't need any cod liver oil or, any, you know, um, and, and again, you know, I know I'm kind of making light of it because to me, it's just, we're talking about faith and all of a sudden we're talking about dandelions and we went from faith to dandelions, right? And so it's like, let's go back to faith. Amen. Uh, dandelions are fine. Uh, and so I always thought you'd mowed over them. That's what you did, right? Or you turn them into um, collard greens, right? And collard greens made out of dandelions or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they are, so, uh, but, well, let's stay over here, right? We thank God for that over there. Uh, it has its place, and we're thankful for that, uh, and I really am. I'm thankful that the Lord has shown mercy to provide natural means, whether it's uh, discovered through uh, medican, medication and, and um, research or through just a natural part of the world that he's given to us, uh, but I think God's best is we can live by faith, Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for blessing us. And we thank you, Father, for granting unto us special faith, Father, that we can walk in the fullness of your word. And we thank you for that, Father. And we give you praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And look, I'm not mad at nobody, right? I'm not, you know, there's, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you may be like, oh, yeah, I'm taking some of that stuff right there, right? And so, um, but, um, uh, and then, uh, we'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. One thing that she said, that it's a tonic that vitalizes you and makes it a joy to live and work and play. I don't know that cod liver make anybody happy, right? I mean, it's just, uh, um, uh, I mean, if it, if it did what it did, that's fine, right? But I don't know that any, I mean, it doesn't sound like she ever enjoyed taking it, right? Uh, and so... Yeah, it's bitter, right? It's bitter. It's a bittersweet, right? Uh, and I could just see, you know, uh, some grandmothers come over there and, you know, got spring medicine to take and <laughs> all is well, though, right? Uh, I'd much rather take a, a verse or two of the Bible. That tastes a whole lot better to me, right? Yeah, the Bible calls the word of God honey, right? I like honey, right? Get a good biscuit from, from somewhere and put, a, you know, some honey on it. You know, and you go get a biscuit and they give you some honey. It's like, well, can I have more honey? That's, I mean, that's just, that's just enough to make you mad. You know, you need to get some real, you know, you got to have some real honey on that. So anyway, praise God. Be blessed. We'll see you next Sunday.